We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. Michael J. Fachi joining us. First haircut since the baby was born. We found out off air. I'm going to bring that to life here because Fachi's looking good with the shorter haircut. Hey, I had to do it. Look, I can't raise my daughter looking like a bum. So <laughs> had to get fresh. You know, it, it was time. A little overdue. I'm usually uh, get a haircut every four-ish weeks. I was going on six to seven. So it's time. Laid it to rest. I'm back, everybody. Yeah, I mean, it was looking a little nappy on our Oof. episode we did on Monday night. So I was like, yeah, I don't know if I can put this YouTube video out. Fachi's hair, it's just, <laughs> oh, not, it's just not the way it needs to be. No, I'm kidding. But Fachi, we got a great episode uh, coming at you right now. We're actually going to make this a two-parter because there's just so much to talk about with this offseason. And not just from the Pacers standpoint, but just from the league in general. So can you please let the people know what we're going to be doing today? Oh, yeah. So we are talking with the one and only Michael Scotto, Scotto always keeping his ear close to what's going around the league. And, you know, he came out with a great article recently that talked about how Phoenix had been, you know, pursuing or, or interested in a player like TJ McConnell. So we're going to be touching on McConnell a bit, but we're also going to be talking about a few other names around the league in specific the Indiana Pacers, like, for instance, Bruce Brown, Obi Toppin, uh, the Tyrese Halliburton extension. So, a lot to discuss here today. Uh, I'm excited for Scotto. Yeah, and I also want to touch on the bigger names that are kind of in this like stalemate with their teams. Dame Lillard, James Harden. We know these deals are eventually going to get done, but what what's going to happen? Because I know that Daryl Morey likes to play hardball, and so we'll see how that all plays out in Philadelphia. I also think we're going to talk with Scotto about what long impact that could have on someone like 
a Joel Embiid. So, you know, Scott has been, you know, really dialed into what's been going on this offseason. He's still reporting out stuff in terms of like contract details and all that stuff. You can check out all of his great work on Hoops Hype, but uh, we're going to talk about that in part one. And then part two, we'll have more conversation to talk about. So, uh, Fachi, let's go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, we'll bring on the great Michael Scotto for part one of Setting the Pace. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, everybody, joining us now on Setting the Pace, he's no stranger to the show. He's a lead man over at Hoops Hype, reporter for the NBA, Michael Scotto. Scotto, what's going on, man? Happy birthday to you. I appreciate it, fellas. Thank you. We're kicking down the door for 34 and uh, excited about it. Nice. The Shaquille O'Neal birthday. So I guess Lakers Shaq probably got to clarify that because Shaq had a lot of different numbers throughout the league. (laughs) Um, It it did. Uh, but let's just kind of start things off here. So like, I guess like the big thing for Pacers fans is all the moves that happened. But the first move that happened kept us waiting on the edge of our seat for so long to figure out the details of what was coming back was the Chris Duarte trade to Sacramento. Uh, there had been some rumblings out there that Duarte could have been shipped to the Knicks earlier at the trade deadline and stuff like that. So you know, Chris Duarte ends up going to Sacramento. What did you think about that trade for the Pacers and then for the Kings? Yeah, I think for the Pacers, they had a log jam in the backcourt. And uh, for Chris, uh, to give him a shot to have a fresh start. I mean, I think he was still going to play. He was playing with Indy. So, you know, you, you heard the talks about Duarte for Obi Toppin and Indiana ultimately got him. I'm sure we'll touch on that a little later. But I, I just think for Indiana, look, they had a little bit of a log jam. Ultimately, um, you know, right now the trio of Tyrese Halliburton, Benedict Matherin, and Buddy Heald, that's kind of where they're going right now. Um, you know, I know there's been a lot of trade rumors about Buddy Heald as well over the years, but um, he and Tyrese Halliburton are pretty close. I do think that's something that shouldn't be underestimated. Um, and I think now you know, his deal looks better than it had in, in years past, mm-hmm. um, given the way he played. And, you know, anytime a guy's on uh, the end of a deal certainly uh, adds to his trade value. So I, I just thought for Duarte, it was just like a, a log jam at the position, not anything particularly demonstrative against him at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and for Indiana, uh, you know, We'll see how it goes from here now after that without him. But I, I do like the Obi Toppin acquisition, which I'm sure we'll touch on. Yeah, any reason why it perhaps took a few days to report on what that trade package 
in return was coming to Indiana because it felt like such a mystery. Usually you hear that news right away. It was like Pacer fans were waiting for, it might've been two or three days. Yeah. I mean, just sometimes with that stuff, it's about finalizing things. Like I had, um, Muhammad Gay and, uh, with Atlanta getting him. And I remember that took a while and, and Hawks fans were like, are you sure? Is it happening? I'm like, hey, guys, it is just relax. Like they're still finalizing which pick what year it's like, it's, it's going down. Just that little haggling over stuff like that. And if there's protections or not, sometimes it takes like a little bit more, but to me, that's all it was just with Duarte. It was always going to get done. It was just, it, it, I get it. It took a little longer for sure. Um, but sometimes, sometimes these things do happen. Bottom line is he's, he's gone. If you're an Indiana Pacer fan, ultimately. Yeah. And let's just stay in that backcourt because the Pacers brought in a pretty significant player to help them. I think, you know, part of that championship team last year for Denver and Bruce Brown. And, you know, they did overpay, I would say quite a bit, you know, two years, 45 million, but team option on that second year, $22.5 million for a guy like Bruce Brown, who's never really seen that type of money. He's even openly talked about that on a few different interviews and podcasts. But thoughts on the Pacers offering him that kind of money, the deal they gave him, and what you think he can do for this team? Well, so the, the, there's some layers to this. I mean, first of all, I mean, obviously, a lot of people thought Max Struess was going to go to Indiana. And then um, once they were able to kind of break the bank for Bruce Brown, they pivoted. And when it comes to Bruce, I think for them, look, from Indiana's perspective, where else was the money kind of going? You know, now you could always say, well, you could take in a contract maybe and use some of that cap space and get extra picks, but they've got a lot of young core pieces and things along those lines. So for them, it was more, they really liked Bruce Brown, the whole NBA liked Bruce Brown. Let's just be honest. Everybody and their mother was offering their full mid-level non-taxpayer uh, exception if they can get it, uh, if they had it, excuse me. And so, you know, for Indiana, it was just a guy that they wanted by giving them the extra money, they get the flexibility of having the team option, which to me, I thought was important for them and was a little bit of a give and take for both sides, but they had to do that to get the deal done ultimately um, because they had a lot of competition for them and a lot of other teams certainly in the non-taxpayer mid-level. So they go, so they go way above that and they lock in the guy that they really wanted. And I would argue was from a, from an, a 30 team NBA perspective, arguably the most sought after guy, mm-hmm. um, a lot of teams wanted him and, and they had the, what they seemingly thought was the ability to get him on the non-taxpayer mid-level. But, uh, you know, he certainly shot past that exponentially. Yeah, Bruce Brown was recently just saying that he didn't expect an offer to come in like that. He expected that full mid-level, just like you mentioned. But how brilliant of a move was it by the Pacers to kind of front-load that deal in terms of making it a two-year deal, but also that year one, $22.5 million. Not many teams could match that, but you also managed to keep your financial flexibility in place by having year two be a team option, which could also make him a very valuable trade chip Maybe it's at the deadline. Maybe it's after next season. I mean, how about that brilliance by the Pacers having that flexibility? I'm debating if the word is brilliance. Um, I think because they certainly <laughs> they paid a lot of money. They paid a lot of money for Bruce Brown. And I, and, I, and I will tell you, I think a lot of teams will definitely say they overpaid. But I think it was, strate- it was strategic. That's what I would call it. I would I'd call hit the it floor, str- the salary floor. Uh, 
Yeah, that too. I mean, I would call it strategic from their part. I think they used their specific advantage mm -hmm. um, regarding the cap and, and the floor and, and where they were at um, and maximized it. So that's, that's what I would say, you know, for me personally, when I look at it. So I, look, the other thing is being that it is a two-year deal, um, by starting a salary higher, when you look ahead towards uh, cap rules and things like that, it gives them an equally decent chance of retaining him down the line because you can only go up, depending on where they at, if they're going to be over the cap or not down the line, who knows? You got to factor in what type of bird rights and things like that he has or doesn't have anytime a guy signs in free agency. So the percentage that they should be able to go up to down the line makes sense for them to do it as well. So I thought, I think the word was a uh, strategic, some, some definitely other executives, you know, it hit me up about it. And we were just like, wow, <laughs> that's a lot of money, but Hey, you know what? Kudos to, uh, you know, Bruce Brown, you know, it's tell you, you win a championship. I always say this to play, you know, a lot of players, I think notice winning will get you paid. And Bruce Brown is, is a preeminent example of that. I mean, you know, you know, Reggie Jackson was kept. He got more money than I think some people thought um, as well. I want to underestimate that. You know, look at the Miami Heat with some of the guys that went forward. Uh, Gabe Vincent got, you know, the most money he's ever made. Uh, you got Max Struess who cashed in as well. Um, and then going to Cleveland ultimately, which we'll touch on. But, uh, you know, winning gets you paid. Yeah, and I mean, speaking of getting paid, Tyrese Halliburton got paid quite a bit of money got a max extension five-year deal you know no player option 15 percent. that's the key game. alex yeah. that's the key to talk me to, talk to me about that then i'm curious your thoughts on that entire extension and and kind of his recruitment too of getting bruce brown here i mean look i think with tyrese um this is a guy that's right now a top 10 point guard in the nba so to me uh you know that money was always coming at some point he just got it now and I think the caveat to that is the no player option, which uh, gives Indiana more control and flexibility, which they're going to want. Um, so to me, it made sense for both sides. It was a logical thing. He's clearly the franchise cornerstone. And um, yeah, again, Bruce Brown, I certainly think uh, they've improved the team. I'm looking forward to seeing if Tyrese can um, stay healthy. And I think that's going to give them a better opportunity to try to compete for a playing spot in the Eastern Conference, uh, if they can, and uh, it's a solid offseason. I mean, really, you know, you you're bringing back most of your core, um, and you know, Ben Shepard's an interesting player. Ben Shepard was a guy that in the draft really rose. Uh, a lot of people, you know, I would say before the combine, they weren't even having Ben Shepard on the radar, and then. Shot the ball well, played well as a senior that can come in, play right away. And, uh, you know, Indiana pounced on him at the end of the, uh, at the, end of the first round. So kudos to them. And, uh, you know, we'll see how that works. You know, they replaced Duarte with, with Ben in that sense. And uh, you keep on chugging along if you're Indiana. You know, in order for that contract to truly hit its uh, max value, you know, to go from about $207 million to about $260 million guaranteed, Tyrese Halliburton has to make the All-NBA team. In order for Halliburton to make All-NBA, obviously he's got to play at least 65 games, but do you feel the Pacers have to be, at minimum, a play-in team 
in order to really get enough eyes on them and Tyrese to be able to make All-NBA. Because you look at the other guys that made it, Shea Gilgis, Alexander, hey, they were playing team. And then there's Damian Lillard, who didn't make the playoffs, but was averaging over 30 points per game. So there's got to be some winning involved. Yeah, I think obviously being a play-in team matters, being a playoff team matters. Obviously, the number of games you played. We've, we've seen that now more than ever that you need to hit a certain amount at this point uh, to qualify for certain awards and things along those lines. So that's why I mentioned for Tyrese, I think his health is going to be really important, not only uh, for Indiana's success, but for his own financial future. Um, and it's, I mean, it's a bet on himself, you know, certainly. I think uh, he's got a shot to do it as long as he stays healthy. The guy was a 20, 20 and 10 guy on a nightly basis, points and assists. So, um, very efficient player. Um, the stats are all there. The individual stats are all there. It's about the team success and his ability to stay on the floor that's going to determine whether he's an all-NBA guy. Certainly has the potential to do it. And as I mentioned, um, you know, top 10 point guard in the NBA right now. There's a lot of great ones out there. So, you know, I wonder how some Pacers fans may or may not feel about that. But eventually <laughs> we'll do our our hoops hype rankings for each position. I'm one of the voters. I am not the voter. I'll always put that out there because I'm always the guy that gets the, hey, you guys put this guy, da, da, da. I was like, yeah, there's, we've got a larger staff than just Mike Scotto. So, you know. <laughs> well, you're the face, so you got to take it. So you get the good and the bad. That's how it I, is. You know what? I, I accept it humbly. You know, that's why we <laughs> uh, constantly uh, keep up with our shaving cream to make sure we're fresh, except for the, <laughs> I love it. the I five love o'clock it. shadow kicking in. <laughs> <laughs> Looking good. That's what you have to do, though. When it's your birthday, you just got to enjoy that five o'clock shadow. But let's just talk quickly about Obi Top and someone that's been in your backyard there in New York. Sure. A guy that's really not got a lot of playing time under Coach Tibbs. And now it seems like he's pretty excited to come to Indiana. The Pacers only have to give up two second round picks to get him. Essentially, it kind of was a Duarte for Obi Top and trade, <laughs> but, you know, it just worked out different ways. But I'm curious. Well, your the Knicks didn't need another, you know, guard. I don't know. Six four, six five shooting guard. But they went out and got Dante DiVincenzo. So I guess if that's my I, point. They got the, what did you want to talk about being loaded in the backcourt? They, yep. You know, yeah. I get it. You know, the, the Villanova ties and everything. It's it's all well and good. Um, yeah. But uh, Chris Duarte went to Villanova. I'm sure they would have done that trade. You know, it's just one of those things. Yeah, exactly. You know, maybe Jay Wright will pop up too one day. You never know. You never know. Exactly. Yeah, they could be needed a new coach, but uh, at some point, but. Obi Toppin, talk to me about what you think this opportunity for him could be like in Indiana. I love it for Obi Toppin. I really do. I think, you know, we saw when um, Julius Randle got hurt um, towards the end of the regular season, you saw like this kid get a chance and he's, he's a decent player. He's, he's a high flyer, certainly um, definitely a roller, but he's, he's learned to kind of shoot the corner three a little bit Um with varying results, but at least he can do it from time to time. I think, uh, you know, for Obi, I look at him going to Indiana. I think he's got a shot to be, I don't know, 16 and seven, okay. 16 and seven, I think is, you know, my, my early estimate. He could, he could do better, but I, I, I think that's just kind of like where I see him. I think he's, they've desperately needed a four Indiana. Uh, Jalen Smith has not shown that he could be the four. No, we we know this, and I, you know, you 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 laugh, not me. Um, he's he, he's shown he got bench. He got bench from the four spot, and they put Aaron Neesmith in there for most of the season last year. Yeah, so. and Aaron Neesmith, I I think I can 
you know, go up against Aaron Neesmith for some boards. So Obi Toppin's going to bring a little bit more size. You know what I'm saying? He's just a little more. I'm obviously kidding about Aaron Neesmith. He'll probably <laughs> bulldoze me. But um, my point being, they got some needed size in Obi Toppin. Yeah. Um, and and I, I just look for him to flourish. And I think for the Knicks, look, the bottom line was Julius Randle. Uh, knock on wood for them has been available. And he does not usually miss games. But with that said, when he plays, he's playing 35 minutes a night. So Obi Toppin in 13 minutes a game or so, you're not really getting a ton of love there to for playing time. I love it for him individually. I think he's going to do well. And the other thing is, for the Knicks, you had to make a decision. Because you can't realistically pay him. You have to look at Emmanuel quickly. Are you going to extend him or not? I've touched on this on podcasts on Hoops Hype. This is a guy that... You know, a lot of people in the league think the floor could be around $20 million a year, okay? So if Bruce Brown's getting $22 million a year, okay, Emmanuel quickly was a guy that was a six-man-of-the-year candidate. So he could be in that ballpark as well, possibly more. But we got time for that still. Um, So the Knicks have to decide if he's going to be a core member as well, what they're going to do with that. And that's why, you know, with Obi. It was a mixture of playing time, a mixture of doing right by the kid, because, you know, there was obviously a little bit of, um, what's the word? Displeasure. We'll go with displeasure from uh, Obi about his, his role. And so it, it kind of takes care of everybody. Again, Obi's a CAA guy. I'll just smile on that one. And uh, yeah, you know. So they, they took care of him. They did right. I think for Indiana, it's a great move. And I look forward to seeing um, him really. I think he's going to come into his own for you guys in Indiana. I, I really do. I think he's a good kid overall. And uh, you guys are going to enjoy having him. I really do. Man, Scott, how they did my man Obi, it just was not right. This man has too much talent to be playing 15 minutes a game. I cannot wait for him in Indiana. But to be able to get him for the least favorable of two second round picks for the Pacers was a home run deal. But but speaking about another deal that is going to cost way more, it's Damian Lillard and what the asking price could be from the Portland Trailblazers. Dame, after all these years of preaching loyalty and dragging some other stars for joining forces, do you think it's a bit ironic that the team he wants to go to and the only team is the Eastern Conference champs, the Miami Heat, and to the point where his agents calling teams not to trade for him? Well, I think a couple of things. One, Dame has been loyal to Portland. Yes. And I think everybody knew within that building that if they took Scoot Henderson, that wasn't going to fly. It's not a knock on Scoot's talent, but he plays the same position as Dame. Um, I think Dame being a top 75 all-time guy, uh, we did an interview, which is on Hoops Hype. You can Google it, look it up, do whatever you got to do. Dame does understand that winning a championship matters for his legacy to other people. He's very cognizant of that. To him, I don't think it necessarily matters as much because he just wants a chance. He just wants a chance to play with a team that's going to compete. Respectfully, Portland was, is not a contender right now as presently constructed i don't think anybody has a problem you know lord knows nba twitter doesn't have a problem with with dame 
kind of finally hitting that like Kevin Garnett moment of, okay, I probably need to go somewhere else now. I tried. Um, with that said, you know, I think Portland certainly gave him a lot of money in an extension. Um, it made him a very rich man for life. And for them now, you're balancing doing right by Damian Lillard, but also maximizing a return. If you put Damian Lillard on the open market for 29 other teams, I guarantee you there are better packages than the Miami Heat can offer. But you're now trying to appease Dame and do right by your franchise icon while trying to extract the most amount of assets for, from Miami. And so, you know, the, I think for both sides, ideally they're not going to want a situation like what Kevin Durant had last year where he, he went into the season with the team uh, and they, they try to ride it out. It, it doesn't seem like that. While in theory anything is possible, it doesn't seem like the best thing for both sides, given where it's at. So how are you going to get another team in there to, to figure out where's Tyler Hero going? Because Portland's already got Anthony Simons. They've got Shade and Sharp. You know, so you've got a couple of teams that have been out there. The Brooklyn Nets, you've got the Utah Jazz, You've got the Toronto Raptors. I touched on Toronto a little bit uh, in a recent Intel piece on Hoops Hype along with the others. Um, and so which of those teams or someone else uh, comes into the fray and is willing to take on Tyler Hero? And I, I shouldn't even say take on, but really try to go for Tyler Hero. He's, he's a good young player. Yeah. Um, but he's just not a fit for Portland. So... There's a lot of semantics there with that. Um, but overall with Dame, I mean, look, NBA Twitter has been banging the table for this over a year, I feel like. So oh, yeah. now it's just a, a waiting game, I think, at this point, And we'll see. If the Miami Heat end up with Damian Lillard, him, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, that's tough. Yeah, that is tough and easy. Now, granted, I know they lost Struess. They lost Vincent. Okay. But we've already seen it in Summer League. Orlando Robinson, another guy. Like, how many times have we heard this? But the Miami Heat, an undrafted guy. They are the best in the NBA at player development of undrafted players. It's, it's remarkable. Orlando Robinson has a partially guaranteed deal going into this year, and he's going to be a key role player for this team. According to, you know, our Hoops Hype Global rating, he was the top player in Summer League. So they have a niche of finding guys on the margins that can be role players. So for everybody that's like, well, then if they trade for Dame, they're going to lose all the step, then yada, yada. Well, you get the top 75 all-star guy, top 75 all-time guy, and you figure it out. I can come off the bench and shoot a couple of threes as well. You know what I mean? That, they'll be okay. And in, the East, got him. <laughs> and in the East, you got to go for it now because you got the Bucks. We're getting older a little bit. You know, no, it's quietly. You know, they, they, they retain Brooke Lopez. They retain Chris Middleton, which they needed to do. Um, and so, you know, you've got the Celtics who reshaped their roster a little bit. But at the end of the day, they still have their core guys uh, in Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, et cetera. Mm. And, uh, you know, with Philly, 
Obviously, you got to see the, the James Harden stuff, which I'm sure we'll touch on. But I think it's a good move to to kind of go in now. And, you know, if you're Miami, you get Dame. Really push your chips in the center of the table. Jimmy Butler's got a lot of miles on his legs. You got to go for it now while you can, to me. Yeah, and I would say don't sleep on the, the re-adding of Josh Richardson back to Miami. I think that was kind of like an under-the-radar type thing. But he was really good there when he was there before he got traded eventually to Philadelphia for Jimmy Butler in that package. And I know he's been kind of a, a journeyman since then, but like you said, Miami just knows how to, you know, kind of find these type of players and really bring them back to life. But, you know, yeah. I, I think you brought up some great points looking at the the rest of the Eastern conference, because there's a lot of question marks with these teams. I think yeah. that why Boston, like they reshaped obviously their roster a little bit. We'll see how that plays out. I just don't ever trust Christophs Porzingis just personally from what I've ex- experienced in the NBA, but I will say that there's a lot of question marks with this Philadelphia 76ers team and what they do with James Harden. And you touched on it. We're probably going to talk about it. I think right now it'd be great to get your thoughts on how this all plays out because James Harden to me just seems like a very difficult player over the last couple of years in terms of his willingness to stick it out with certain teams, just ready to have his eye on the next team. And it looks like the Clippers are the team that he wants to go to. So how long does this drag out? And is there going to be any other suitors potentially for James Harden? I mean, with James, you know, I mean, there's a lot of layers here. It's kind of like a rainbow cookie. But <laughs> I would say with James, first off, first, you know, he wanted out of Houston. Um, we saw how he could be disgruntled when he doesn't get his way and can force a trade. Uh, I think he's an expert at that. Um, his physique, we yep. saw uh, the pictures. And then you go to Brooklyn, and I thought that team was going to win a title. I really did. Um, you know, Kevin Durant's shoe was a little bit too big, and uh, Harden and Kyrie got hurt. But I'm telling you, the whole league was shook. They thought that that team had a real shot to win a title. Everybody's complaining about Griffin and Aldridge when they signed them as buyout guys. But nonetheless, then he goes to Philly. And when he went to Philly and then he – he he did the deal that was a little bit less money to help get P.J. Tucker there um, and, and then make some other moves. The thinking around the league was, okay, this is Daryl's guy. He's going to eventually take care of him. Yeah. That hasn't happened yet. And I, and I certainly think for James, it's, it's, it's been out there, but certainly there's got to be a level of frustration there as, as, again, it's been out there. I don't blame him in that regard because you took less money. Mm-hmm. Um, and this guy still last year was averaging 20 plus 10 rebound, uh, 10 assists, excuse me. Um, still a capable, he's, he's changed his game a little bit. He's become more of a facilitator, yes. which is fine. You know, and in the playoffs, he had a couple of monster games, um, wasn't always consistent, but had big monster games that helped them. Um, I certainly think from Philadelphia's perspective right now, uh, you'd rather have James Harden than have him go to the. Clippers to win this season, but a disgruntled James Harden we've seen uh, does not do well, both on the court, off the court, however you want to slice and dice it. If he wants to go to the Clippers, um, you know, certainly that would make them an intriguing team out there, but I would also say I didn't even, like, even if they got him, there's no guarantee with that, with the injury history we've seen for Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, James Harden's had some issues over the past few years. But, hey, 
give it a shot if you can, I guess. Um, they can make the money work, but asset-wise, Daryl Morey, if Daryl Morey has traded a star, he's always gotten one back. Mm-hmm. Daryl Morey is not here for um, – I don't want to be rude. I'm thinking of what to say. Daryl, Daryl's not a guy that's going to break up a dollar and get like four yeah, Marcus quarters. Morris and, and Robert Covington and those types yeah, of guys. Like that, not that's not it. Back. You know, yeah. and obviously now again, he's also done this and, and you guys were in talks for Tobias Harris among other teams for him. But Daryl always sets the bar here. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm going to go outside the frame. Okay. <laughs> I know you got this for your video people. It's yeah. outside the frame. Then you slowly bring it into the frame. Okay. Now we're back in the frame. Then eventually maybe you get to where it's got to be, but he will milk a trade like a cow. And so we're seeing that with James. I don't think there's a, a quote unquote urgency on this until you get to training camp. Then then it's going to be interesting. That's going to be fun. And then I don't know if it's going to be the city of brotherly love for James Harden. <laughs> that's the way I. That's the way I look at it. But um, you know, look, James still is an impactful player. Um, yes, he's older, but he's still impactful. You can't deny that. Still an excellent passer. Can still score and fill it up. Can still get to the foul line. Um, you know, has the capability of still being an all star. So. Uh, it's going to be interesting. And with Nick Nurse coming there now, it's uh, – I, I will say I look forward to a lot of the daily updates from the Philadelphia 76ers beat reporters at practice and a lot of their quotes going up on hoopsite.com in the rumor section. You know, as you put a bow on the James Harden stuff, he's going to turn 34 years old in the month of August. Do you still view him or do teams still view him as a potential four-year max contract guy? Because no. I, I can't. No. I don't know if there's a team that could trust him no. for four years, even three feels no. like, yeah, that's where no. I'm at. And I said no four times because you asked me about a four-year max contract. No. no. Now, now, granted, James Harden's max salary is very high. Yeah. Um, is James Harden worth somewhere in the $30 million range? Yeah. In the 30 plus, in the 30s, somewhere in the 30s. Yes, I think so. Yeah. Um, is it in the $40 million range? Some people around the league thought that maybe they would, Philly would take care of him in that regard. Because once you go over, you know, well, I should say this. Now everybody's so worried about the second apron, you know, except for Matt Ishbia uh, and the Suns, that, you know, if you could fit it in between there, then you make it happen. But I think for Harden, it seems like around the leagues, you know, somewhere in the 30s would – uh Makes sense. Clearly, he picked up his player option with Philly in that range. So, um, you know, if you're a team and you're going to trade for him, you're obviously going to pay that salary. So, uh, we'll see looking ahead. I, I think for James, certainly going to be motivated coming into the year. Uh, no question about that, given uh, the way the market shaked out. And really, a championship is – think about James Harden's career. What he needs. Great scorers. Uh, MVP. Very good passer. What's left? Championship. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Fachi. Once again, just great stuff from Scotto. He's always in the know. I appreciate his willingness to just be honest. If he knows something, he'll say it. If he doesn't, he just says, I'm not sure right now. So I just like that authenticity from him and just getting to know his thoughts on the Pacers moves as well. Hey, always fun. Yeah, Scotto, he's gonna he's gonna tell like it is. He's not gonna, you know, blow smoke out there if there is no real smoke. So uh, interesting stuff, man. Dame Harden definitely want to see how that plays out and when it plays out as well. But always love hearing about the Indiana Pacers from someone that doesn't cover the Indiana Pacers because I always like to hear what their perception of the team is and in specific our offseason. Yeah, there's nothing about it. So um, if you're excited for this conversation, like, man, I just want to hear more. Well, we got good news for you. Part two is coming out tomorrow. And we're going to be talking about that TJ McConnell trade that Scott reported, you know, the, the talks fell apart, but just kind of get his thoughts on what this could mean for TJ McConnell this season. And then Pascal Siakam, his name is one that's been out there in the open as well. What is Toronto going to do? And I think when Scott joined me earlier, when you were out with the baby uh, in, in June, we talked about how the Toronto Raptors are one of the t- uh, key teams to keep an eye on this off season. So continue to watch out for that. We're going to talk about PJ Washington, Evan Fournier, the Cavs and the Rockets with some of the moves they made in season tournament, kind of get his thoughts on that as well. And then we're going to look at winners and losers from free agency. So we got a loaded part two episode for you. I uh, didn't want to cram it all into one because there's just so much to talk about Fachi, but anything else you want to add before you let the people know where they can find us at? No, I would just say, Hey, always fun having Scott on the show. You know, we're going to have him back on later on in the season. So you can definitely look forward to that. All right, Fachi, let the people know where they can find us at on social media. Absolutely. So you can Find us on Twitter at setting the pace three. You can find Alex on Twitter at Alex Golden NBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F A C C I. You can find us on Instagram at Pacers Talk. You can find us on Facebook, setting the pace. You can find us on TikTok at setting the pace. And Alex, tell them where they can check us out on YouTube. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, go to youtube.com slash setting the pace, a Pacers podcast where you can find all of our latest content. Make sure you check out the episode we did with Derek Schultz, just talking about all things Indiana Pacers and getting his perspective on things. So that was really good. But Bachi, if you're excited to listen to part two of this conversation with Michael Scotto for tomorrow, then hit me with those three words. Let's go Pacers. Setting the pace, going to the top. Setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast. Sweeping every team. We gonna need a mop. Smooth. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? 
Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.